This is a podcast from Minute Media. Sox fans, here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. The Bastards are back for this Saturday edition of the podcast. We're part of the Minute Media Podcast Network. Just a quick disclaimer for any first-time listeners, this is not a Homer podcast. We call it how we see it. When the Red Sox are dominating, we'll celebrate that. When they're getting destroyed, we're going to be critical and it's at times savagely blunt. If you're easily offended, press the stop button immediately. But for those who can handle it, let's get rolling. Joining me today from Myrtle Beach, I got Terry Cushman. Terry, what's going on? Living the life. Got, you know, beach days now that you got a uh, spring, you know. Yeah, and uh, I'm kind of excited to have some more primetime games because that's basically what we're going to be getting now, except for getaway days. You know, when they have to, when one of the teams has to travel more than I think, what is it, four hours, something like that, three or four hours. So, done with the afternoon games. Yeah, you know, those are pretty tough when it's 1 p.m. every single day. I don't, I, I don't know how they expect anyone to watch those or even go to them i mean kids are in school and joining me from westwood mass it is jason kelly jason what's going on i'm good good yeah i kind of kind of agree with terry i'm glad the afternoon games are, are done i miss primetime baseball um those one o'clock starts every day it was like getting to be a bit much so uh we're getting into a better part of the schedule so that's good Right on. Well, you know, with <laughs> that better part of the schedule, let's hope we get some better offense from this team. So we just yeah. wrapped up a uh, quick three-game series the other day with Toronto, and it wasn't the offensive showcase that I think we were all expecting to see. The Stars really didn't come alive. It was just overall kind of just a blast series. I think um, we kind of covered that pretty well in the previous pod at you know, you expect with all the firepower the Red Sox have at the top of their lineup and the Blue Jays have the, at the top of their lineup, we might be getting some like 12-9 games and 10-7s. No, we got low-scoring single-digit under five runs each game. I think maybe the Blue Jays squeaked across six in the second, but <sighs> I don't know. I was kind of hoping to see a little more um, explosiveness. I don't know how you guys came came away from that one. Yeah, extremely disappointing. I mean, this is the team that you're looking up at in the division. This is the top team in your division. So I was hoping they would take it to them a little bit more. Um, I know Toronto is stacked. They've got good pitching, you know, through the rotation and, and through the bullpen. But uh, this is not a cheap offense. This is an offense with a lot of good players, a lot of highly priced players in it. And uh, just, I don't know, just very, very quiet so far. So I know it's early, but uh, they better get going soon. At the very least, we should have hit Kikuchi harder than we did. He does have that funky delivery, but the Red Sox in recent years have been a very good 
off speed hitting team. So to not put up more than uh, we did, and, and we did win that game, uh, you know, albeit, but it would have been encouraging to see more than just a couple runs. So, um, so ho- hopefully, Alex Cora and company is taking a look at 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 the lineup right now and trying to come up with some solutions. Yeah. You know, and I think that's a good spot to start is the lineup and its solutions. I think we all thought that Kike Hernandez was going to be the spark plug that we saw in the playoffs, or at least, you know, 60% of that, which would be one of the best leadoff hitters in the game, but he hasn't been. He has been subpar. When he's making contact, he's popping it up. And he's popping it up on, like, the first pitch of every at-bat, which isn't getting guys' looks uh, down the lineup. We're not seeing what the pitcher has that night. It's not going well. Uh, We have zero production there. And he's not on base for Devers to drive in. And then, you know, it kind of just trickles down. So I think for this – team to get going i think we need to shake some things up and what i want from each of you i think we can throw out seven eight nine i i think the red sox kind of throw out seven eight nine every game um give me your one through six who you want to see get this lineup back to where we need to be to be a top two team in this division terry what do you got Kike has been a glaring problem in the leadoff spot, like you said. Um, hitting, where is he? Right here. Hitting just 157 to start the year. He had a pretty good series against Detroit, and it was looking like he was waking up, but has uh, since gone pretty quiet. Surprisingly, though, he does lead the team in walks. I, I'm just seeing that right now. Uh, has six walks on the season. Uh, Verdugo has five. Devers uh, just two. And where's JD? JD has five, so he's walking a little bit. I'm not sure I want to pull the plug on Kike in that spot. I mean, who's the other candidate to lead off? Is it Verdugo? Is that That's where, where I would lean. I, I I like where he's been um, in that six hole where he's been primarily so far, uh, or five hole, I guess he's been in. Um, yeah, I think Verdugo would probably be your number one candidate to move up there, give you a little more athleticism. He's making contact. He's not striking out a ton. He's been your best player probably uh, outside of Devers to this point. Well, all right. So the answer to your question, though, um, so my top five would be in this order. For the moment, I'm still going to stick with Kike. Perhaps in a in a week or two, I, I'm I'm still somewhat encouraged by the walks because his his OBP is 89 points above his his batting average. So, um, I so despite the the low average, I, I do think that if the hits tick up a little bit, he's gonna he's gonna be a viable leadoff guy. So for now, I, I guess I would keep him there. Then I want Trevor Story in the two hole. I I've hated Devers batting second because he's just not gonna have enough traffic in front of him. And 
I know he'll have, what is it, 40 or 50 more at-bats, but, I mean, that's probably 10 more hits that he's getting for the whole year. I mean, that's just not enough. I want my most clutch guy in my lineup hitting at least third or fourth. I would actually put him third. So I got Kike, Story, Devers. I'd bump Bogarts back uh, to fourth and then go JD fifth uh, as my top five. Yeah, you know, I like that. And I think with that lineup, you're also getting the opportunity to jumpstart Trevor's story. He's had a hell of a time so far this year. I, he gets signed super late in spring training, and then he has a son. Then he gets the worst food poisoning. It's like something straight out of Kitchen Nightmares. Um, he he just hasn't been able to get in a group. Oh, then he gets nailed by a 95-mile-an-hour fastball and just kills him. So I, I think getting him a couple more fastballs to get him into the groove of things while the weather warms up wouldn't be the worst idea there. And then I guess you're putting, you're keeping Verdugo then down in the six hole. For now, I would, I would keep him down there and, and it's working and it's working and he was hit or miss at the top. I'm not saying I wouldn't be open to, to trying him out in, in the one or two hole in the future, but I'm still, would you give any, would you give any thought to temporarily, and I know this would be kind of extreme, to dropping him below Dahlbeck to see if Dahlbeck gets a little, few more, you know, fastballs, or are you just like whatever? This is not; it doesn't matter at this point with Bobby. Uh, that's a, not a bad idea, and I did kind of touch on the fact in uh, yesterday's episode that you know Dahlbeck doesn't have any, any protection behind him, so I, I would. I would give that a shot. I, it can't go any worse than it's gone so far the first couple of weeks. All right, Jason, are you, do you got any more shuffles uh, other than what Terry had there? Yeah, I got something a little different. So I would put Verdugo back in that leadoff spot um, because I, I want someone there who's going to take a walk. And right now it's him, Kike, and JD are the only guys who really take walks on this team, which is uh, partially why the team – OBP is 284 at the moment, which is not great. Um, but I would have Verdugo one. I agree with putting Trevor Story two. I want to get Trevor Story going. Um, I want him seeing more at bats. I also think Story's just, you know, everyone thinks of him just a, a power hitter. He's not. He, he can hit to all fields. He's got some speed as well. That can always help out of the number two hole. So I have him second. I'd have Devers third. Um, Bogart's four. JD five. And then I actually like what you were talking about with moving Dahlbeck up a little bit just to see if he gets some better pitch selection. So I would put Dahlbeck six, and then your seven, eight, nine could be Kike, Vasquez, and whoever's playing right field that day. Because um, I, I do think Dahlbeck just needs to – he, he just needs to get out of his own head a little bit. And maybe if there's a better hitter behind him or if he's sandwiched in between two pretty good hitters, maybe he does see better pitch selection because – I just think where he is right now, he's too far down the lineup. Nobody's, nobody's worried about Vasquez. No one's really worried about, you know, Arroyo or, or Bradley right now. So I would put Tallback six and see if it wakes him up. Yeah. yeah. I, something that the Red Sox have done for years, and they seem so hell-bent on this, is the left, right, left, right all throughout the lineup. And 
in today's game, I don't think that matters as much as it once does. You're not going to have a guy come in, throw two pitches, get the lefty out. You pull the next guy in, you bring another one in. It's not like that anymore. And there's a underwhelming amount of lefty starters in the AL East. So you also don't have to worry about, you know, him just mowing through uh, one stretch of the lineup, getting three quick outs. So, you know, the Red Sox did something on Thursday. I was actually quite intrigued by, and that was having Trevor story lead off. And I kind of want to see that going forward. I think Trevor Story leading off, if he can get on base, if he can hit 260, 270, I think that changes the dynamic. I would, You don't have to ask Devers to do as much. Hell, you could even do some hit and run there. You know, he could try to take a base, and it ruins the shift uh, that Devers is going to see. You're pulling a guy out of position that he should never be in. Um, I would like to see maybe story and then Devers and then um, Xander, JD, uh, Dahlbeck, Verdugo. That is kind of where I'm at. I don't know how feasible it is long-term, but it's something I'd like to play around with. I don't know. This team hasn't run in a long, long time. So maybe that's the jolt they need. I, I like that for the base running aspect because I agree that they they don't they really don't run anymore and to be fair not many teams do it's unfortunately base stealing as a whole is kind of exiting the game uh, slowly but surely uh, my only concern putting Story leadoff is his strikeout numbers have always been pretty high and you know he he does tend to just get down 0-2 and then you can throw him a breaking ball outside and he's going to chase it. So I worry about him hitting leadoff and just getting that pitcher's best three pitches of the day right out of the gate, and boom, you know, three pitches, he's he's down on strikes. So uh, the strikeouts concern me there, but I would like to see them utilize his speed a little bit more because they really, apart from story, they don't have anyone else in that lineup who can really run. So you might as well use it. Uh, Andrew, you had Devers second still? I did, yeah, because yeah, okay. I think – you're ruining the shift in my uh, in my um, strategy here with having story run. Okay, I like story leading off. I mean, I think he's more of a top of the order guy, and, and that's what he's being paid as. I mean, hitting sixth. I mean, he's the most expensive six hole hitter. I think. Um, I haven't seen the Yankees lineup uh, recently, but um, but yeah. He, any scenario that puts him at the top of the lineup, I, I would be in favor of his strikeout rate is a little higher right now than, than what I'm comfortable with. But I, I think that could be attributed to the on and off again, start he's had, you know, late spring training, stomach ailment, uh, paternity leave, stuff like that. So I, I think that'll kind of go away. And I, I think his, his slugging will come up. He hasn't hit a home run yet, but we all know that that'll happen uh, before long. Just a quick tidbit, not that this really matters a ton. Devers is hitting 400 right now against lefties. Small sample size, but he's hitting 400. Alex Verdugo, 273 with a 357 OBP. So our lefties are hitting lefties pretty well at the moment. 
now ideally obviously you, you want to spread them out you, you know as best as you can but um we're not really struggling with uh those matchups right now and akike as bad as he's hitting overall his he's kind of got some reverse splits right now he's hitting 333 against lefties so just kind of throwing that out there uh, you know if the audience is drawing up their own one through five one through six yeah, that kind of destroys any notion of that you need to you know, worry about it. So, yeah, that's a great stat there. Um, I want to shift a little bit here, and I want to talk about the two guys I was excited to see kind of go head-to-head uh, in this series as much as you possibly can go head-to-head in you know, a baseball game. But that's Raphael Devers and Vlad Guerrero Jr. These are two of the premier young talents in the league, both pretty big personalities, we saw it with Devers the other day when they threw over to second and he spent maybe a good 45 seconds laying down, like head on his on his hand, just posing there. And Vladdy brings just a different electricity to the ballpark each night. I think there's a case to say that these might be the two best hitters in the AL East. Wander Franco might have something to say about that, but just for the sake of argument here, for over the next 10 years, if you had to pick one, who would you go with? I think I'm still leaning towards Rafael Devers. As much as I love Vlad Guerrero Jr., I know that he was, you know, inches away from winning the MVP um, last year. And had he not been up against a two-way player, he may very well may have. Um, but I, I just – I think Devers is the better athlete going forward. I worry a lot about Guerrero in terms of his longevity. I mean, he already had to be moved from third to first and, you know, he's not exactly a special first baseman. Um, he's, he can play the position, but that's about it. I think Vlad Guerrero Jr. is going to be a DH long before Rafael Devers has to be. I think Devers has really worked hard to improve his defense. Um, he's slimmed down a little bit and, as you know, he's become very athletic over there. So I think Devers could stay at third base for a long time, which makes him more valuable, uh, especially if he does become a good third baseman. You know, obviously in years past, he struggled a little bit defensively. He's had some inconsistency there. But if he, like, I've always said that he reminds me of, like, left-handed Adrian Beltre. And, man, if he becomes that, I would rather that for the next 10 years than Vladdy Jr., who, look, I think Vladdy Jr. could hit 45 to 50 bombs every single year. But defensively, he's a liability. And I just, I think he's just kind of, you know, he just goes up there and, for lack of a better term, just swings out of his ass. And he's great at that. You know, he, he can hit the ball really hard. But Devers just seems like the more complete player to me. So I'd rather him for the next 10. I agree with Jason. Fans outside of our market, you know, and all the 29 others would probably very quickly say Vladimir Jr. He's the flashier guy. He's got the swagger. He was the more heralded prospect uh, as he came up through the minors. But with Devers, we, we know who he is and we know what he's capable of. And he's got great postseason numbers. 
and he's not necessarily going to be the face of your franchise because he, he, you know, like I just said, he doesn't have the charisma of a, of a Vladdy junior type guy, at least on the national stage. So, um, I'm just, I, I like, I love Raphael Devers is my favorite player on the Red Sox. And I think he's going to be a little bit cheaper than, than Vladimir because we're not paying for, you know, the name brand, so to speak. But, um, I don't think you could really go wrong either way, but I definitely lean towards Devers. Yeah, I mean, that last part you said is absolutely a true statement. You can't go wrong either way. Now, it's not going to be a popular take, but I am going to zag on this. And I actually, I when I posed this question to you guys earlier, I thought maybe I'd get uh, two... Uh, Vlad Jr.'s out of you guys. And I was a little shocked that neither of you said him. And it was kind of quick responses <laughs> on by both of you guys. I, there's just something about Vlad Jr. I think he's a more imposing figure when he gets into the box. I don't think he's going to swing and miss. Devers is starting to get a little bit of that fastball chasing issue again. Um, early so far this season that reared its ugly head during that Houston game where I think he saw some like 30 straight fastballs. And if he touched them, he only nicked them and fouled them back. Um, I don't see those issues with Vlad. And I think he can make himself a good enough first baseman that it doesn't matter down the, down the road. Like he could put up negative two or, uh, defensive war and he's still gonna be a five six four player just out of, from offense uh, offensively alone he is the he's in a hundred percentile for max exit velocity um it's ex, you know ex, uh, expected on base um expected slugging his barrel rate these are all top two percents and i think he's a different animal i I just don't see him not coming through when you need him to do it. And granted Devers has been great like that. He's been a great postseason performer. I just think Vlad has another level to go to. I, I'm not sure how much better Rafi can get than he was last year. Do you guys see another level that Devers can get to? I think for Devers, the next thing, like you said, is, you know, not not chasing so many pitches, not trying to leave the ballpark in the first two pitches of the at-bat. If he develops a little more plate discipline, then I think he becomes that much more dangerous. He gets more selective with pitches that he does go after. Um, so, and, and I think that is something that can easily be improved over time. I mean, plate discipline is, is something that any hitter at any point can pick up throughout their career. Um, and, and I think that combined with just staying, staying athletic, staying in shape and continuing to work on his defense, he, you know, he won't ever be a five to a player cause he can't run that fast, but he'll be pretty close. One of the things that's impressed me about Devers this year, I, I he hasn't walked uh, as much in, in years past and, and this is still a short sample size. So maybe that'll, that'll come, but as much as I don't like him in the two hole, 
His approach has been very good. I mean, there's been times with with runners on second and third where he's not trying to kill the ball. He's just trying to put it in play, and he was able to slap one right up the middle through the gap and and to get the runner home. So I think he understands his role in the two-hole, and he's showing a little bit of versatility there. Um, so I just I think he's going to be that that consistent performer he was great last year he had in my opinion an even better uh 2019 when he led the league in doubles but i I just i think the consistency is there and i don't see i don't see a long-term deal with him coming back to bite the Red Sox. I, I don't think we're going to have buyer's remorse like we did with uh, some previous long-term guys. Yeah, I'll give it to Devers. His defense has been night and day um, to start the season. Uh, the lefty, Adrian Beltre, was a great comp by you, Jason. His reflexes and his fielding have never been in question it's always been his throwing and i don't think i've seen him throw one away i don't think he has an error on the season yet um if he continues this i i think his peak that we can see is a top five to seven um mvp finisher for me personally and the reason i still go vlad over him i think vlad's gonna finish top five mvp every single year I, I really do. I think he's that special of a player. Um, I I hope Devers has that next level to him. He has the talent to be that next level player. I don't know if he ever hits 45 home runs. I don't know if he hits 300 every year. I, I mean, he's over 300 this year, but he's yet to do that. Well, I guess he did it in 2019, but on a consistent basis, he's had his ups and downs when it comes to that. I just think there's less holes um, uh, up in Toronto with Vladdy Jr. there, but you know, it's a you're not going to go wrong with either one here. So it'll be a great thing to follow, and I I really hope that we figure something out long term uh, so we can have this debate and we can have uh, we can look back on this because. I mean, that's the best. We had this, a similar thing years ago in the nineties when it was like, all right, would you rather have Jeter or Nomar? And that was what back before we had all these weighted on base percentages. And it was just an old school baseball sports radio debate where you're like, well, you could win the argument by saying, I, I, I fear this guy coming up in the ninth inning more than I fear anyone else. So I don't know. I, I would love to get back to those days. Any final thoughts on the on the two there? No, like you said, I just hope the Red Sox figure something out with Rafi and, um, you know, so that we can have this debate for years and years to come because the ALE should be like, a, you know, sort of a three-horse race in terms of team potential MVPs between like Rafi, Vladi, and maybe even Aaron Judge if you want to throw him in that conversation. Um, it could be that, you know, for the next however many years if they all get their contracts figured out, so – it's it, it's looking pretty fun. The future looks fun. I was actually surprised to see that Vladimir is still pre-arb. So his first arb year will actually be 2023. So that's perhaps why there hasn't uh, necessarily been some some contract talks. But 
I think if the motivation is there, I think the Red Sox do have a better chance of retaining Devers than Toronto does with with Vladdy. And but if I'm wrong and it happens, this is a new Toronto front office because they've George Springer was their was their biggest contract uh, coming into this winter. So, um, so we'll see. I I hope I hope we get it done though. I I want Devers. I, I want him more than Bogarts, and Bogarts is on fire right now, hitting uh, you know a little over three fifty. So. I want I want him at the heart of our order, Devers, for uh, the next decade. Well, I hope I hope that's the case. I hope uh, I mean I actually you know Toronto loses him, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's just that's just how it is. Well, on that note, you know we're gonna wrap this up. We got a big series going on with uh, Tampa Bay. Um, follow Terry at Cushman MLB. Follow Jason at Color of the Iris. Follow me, Andrew Dwan, at Andrew Dwan MLB. And thanks for listening, guys. Take care.